Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel films and TV shows. Our panel today is the usual crew of Adam. You can find him on Twitter at Adam Barnhart. And Rhiannon, you can find her on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace at Shot of Patron. I'm Caleb, and you can find me at Caleb A. Borchers. I uh, want to always remind you guys that we're available on lots of different social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. Uh, the big one is subscribe to us. Our YouTube is still sitting at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. That'll take you to our YouTube channel. And if you'd subscribe there, that helps us out a lot. And we've got facebook.com slash marvelnewsdesk as well. All right. Um, this has been a kind of uh, slow news week. So we will talk about a few things and then keep on moving on. Uh, Rhiannon, I can cut this out if you don't want to. Did you want to talk about the Daredevil set at all? If we want to talk about it. Um, so this week, I happened to be walking down the street in my new neighborhood here in New York. And Daredevil was filming. Um, I didn't really get any pictures worth. I mean, there's nothing like really spoilery, but I will say you guys, it was in this big, gorgeous church. Um, they were filming stuff. You can tell by like the names on the trailer doors. So there was Matt Murdock, Karen Page. Um, there was an FL. So I'm assuming because they were in a church that that's Father Lantum. And there was a fourth person who just had the initials D-E-X. So if you guys want to speculate on D-E-X uh, or, you know, I, I, didn't really, I didn't get to see anything. I didn't see any of the cast. It was so freaking cold the few times I went by. Um, my parents were visiting and I made them walk by on Thursday night. Um, I did like get a brief glance inside the church and it was just set up as a church, but it was very, very red, just, you know, like a little bit more red than your normal cathedral looks. Um, so if you guys want to speculate on ducks or not, we have already, uh, I have already spent many times paging through internet articles about Marvel characters to see if I could find somebody with initials D E X or, you know, doctor something. And I, uh, we have not come up with any good ideas yet. So we have, uh, this is not at all analyzing what Rhiannon saw. We do know that Karen page in the comic books dies in a church building. Um, because, and she's killed by bullseye. And did Charles say that bullseye is called Poindexter at some point in his career? Evidently bullseye has a, a, pseudonym of poindexter at one point so in other words we pretty much confirmed that karen is going to die at the hands of bullseye <laughs> in the next season of daredevil jeez i mean that's how the internet works right we can take random information like this yeah that's probably on three sites by now <laughs> right right i mean the only the only the only other thing we have pointing towards that is the first night, everybody had a stunt double. The stunt double trailers had all the names on it. The second night had the same actors, and Karen was the only one with a stunt double. Now, you know, I could have seen things wrong, but, you know, I mean, totally. Confirmed Karen Page dies on the steps. In my neighborhood. <laughs> I want to see Matt's priest 
in a fight scene. You see, like if he had a stunt double, do you see like all of a sudden Kingpin walks in and he just like pulls a Glock out of the back of his robes, you know, and is like, "Come on and come at me." <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to think of like if Father Lantum did anything else that could have required a stunt double. Because sometimes they use a stunt double for silly things that you don't think about. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to see his stunt double. In all seriousness, if if they killed him, I mean, we have no reason to think anyone's dying in the scene. It's just a church. But I mean, that would be a pretty impactful deck, I think, at this point. Like we've seen him and Matt's relationship enough that I think it would upset Matt pretty greatly if somebody were to go after him. I think so, too. But I also think, I mean, I I was trying to think about if it would be like Dumbledore dying in Harry Potter, but I think that's Stick dying in The Defenders, like his his mentor. Um, But Father Landon dying would be bad. That would be very bad. Yeah, it'd be particularly interesting if someone was trying to like figure out his secret identity. And because... He's one of the people, I mean, Daredevil's pretty bad about keeping a secret identity. Karen knows, Foggy knows, I think Kingpin knows, you know, but it would seem that the Father Lantern would be another one who would know who Matt is pretty well. So they never say it in the show, right? It's just always kind of like wink, wink, you know, that he knows what's going on. I mean, he never outright says it, but he knows. I mean, in the show, he, he says something like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I know what you do. Yeah. So moving on to some more news. Um, we have a new hashtag this week and it is hashtag Thanos demands your silence. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the folks behind Avengers infinity war have um, put out this note. It started with the Russo brothers, but it's been shared other places where uh, the cast and crew behind infinity war are asking people who see it just to be nice and wait a little while before they put spoilers online so that we can all see it together without it being spoiled. I am personally ecstatic about this. I am so fearful. I I haven't made this official yet, but I think we're going to record the pod on the Sunday before it comes out. And I'm, I think I'm going to turn my phone off. Like I'm going to turn off notifications and I'm not going to go online for about four days, five days. It's good for me anyways. Sometimes, you know, social media, it's good to take a little break. And I think I'm going to spoiler-proof myself that way. Uh, Do you guys have any thoughts on how direct Disney and Marvel are being about trying to keep these spoilers out of the theater? I hope hope people don't spoil it. I I mean, it all just comes down to what everybody does. And uh, I'm glad they're being this direct. I want to know what the heck it is that they're trying to keep such a big secret. I mean, something huge, huge, huge has got to, it's got to be happening, right? I mean, when's, when's there been this whole secrecy camp? Well, I mean, Marvel's always secret, but not this direct, you know? And when I say I want to know what they're keeping this big of a secret, I mean, I do not want to know until I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) The big one to me, I'm assuming they're telling the truth when they say that the title to Avengers 4 is a spoiler for infinity war. And I think that's the big, I am hoping that they are going to somehow end the movie. So the Avengers four is very clear as to what it's going to be. And it's not going to be anything that we expected. And we're going to see that title at the end of the credits. And like the whole theater is going to gasp, right? Like that is my hope of what we're getting. 
And that would be the easiest one to spoil. So help me if I get some stupid clickbait blog that's like, hey, the title of Avengers 4 is... It's like the one time in your life you weren't clickbait and you gave me the stupid title, you know, like, uh, or, or like they leave the title out, but then like there's a secret wars comic is like the, the, uh, avatar pick on the article and you're like, Oh, thank you guys. You know? So to me, that's, that would be the really huge one is if they kind of told us what's coming in, in five or five, four. The only other thing I can think there is that if there are characters that legitimately show up that we did not expect to show up, if they introduce new characters that haven't been announced at all, um, you know, if there's something like that, that, you know, I, I think we're all expecting to be shocked by death, that there's, you know, really impactful death scenes, but I, I don't know, you know, introducing folks would be very cool too. And I think we're already being buffered from that a little bit because I've already seen a couple of rumors, at least one of which is not true. Like there was kind of a, a rumor going around that Adam Warlock was in the movie and James Gunn is like, no, that's not, that's not true. And then I saw another article that Nova was going to be introduced, which is not a spoiler. I think it was somebody making stuff up. I don't believe that's true. You know, that's correct. Like it, it's kind of helpful that, we've gotten to the point now where these rumors are so easily put out there. I mean, already four blogs have confirmed that Karen's going to die in daredevil season three. So, you know, like these things get out there so easy now that we get a whole bunch of fake ones so that we can make (laughs) some of these websites, put this stuff out so they can do a listicle six months later, rumors about infinity war that weren't true. And they could get more clicks on the stuff that wasn't right to start with. It is interesting though. So, Typically in press stuff, they show a good chunk of the movie or, or decent footage and everything I've seen so far. It's it's not necessary. There's a lot of sites reporting that at like this Brazil Comic Con or whatever they showed the first 30 minutes, but I think it's a combination of 30 minutes of stuff throughout the film. Because I think there's there's I mean, from the description I read, it's stuff you would guess happens from the trailer i guess um so i don't know i mean they're not doing any press screen i think the first the the russo said the first time it's shown is the premiere which is the monday before it's released right yeah and if i may be over reading between the lines if i understood their comments right they're going to do the premiere in la and there's going to be press screenings but even the, the fan screenings, like, um, you know, when Civil War came out, some folks that we know from MCU Exchange got to go to, like, a, a fan screening that they did ahead of time. My understanding is this time the fan screenings are 20, 30-minute previews. They're not the movie to, like, really limit the number of people who are going to be able to see this thing ahead of time. So, And then there I mean, Tom Holland was on, like, the Graham Norton show. And he said something that completely boggled my mind. He said some of his earlier scenes that he filmed with Cumberbatch, it wasn't Cumberbatch, it was a stand-in, and then they were they were going to fill in Cumberbatch digitally. I mean, had you guys heard that before? I haven't. I totally hadn't heard that before, before Holland was on the Norton show this weekend or Friday or whatever. So all I remember... 
I remember really early on, um, there was a news story that whatever Cumberbatch was doing before Infinity War pushed late. And so they said they were going to do some stuff like that. They didn't say specifically with Holland, but they said that he was going to show up late. And so some Doctor Strange footage would be sort of spliced together to make it work. So So kind of continuing on Infinity War, we are now seeing a uh, $230 million opening weekend coming in as a projection, maybe $240. Uh, It looks like it's got a good shot to be the highest domestic opening in the history of the world. And you would think worldwide, too, because I think most markets are all opening at the same time. Um, so I guess this is just a random question I had, and it's total speculation. Uh, do you guys... Do you think there's any chance that Avengers 4 is going to be bigger next year? Or, like... are, are they? Do you think they're using up their... Cause I've been thinking about the marketing and they're like, this is going to be the culmination of a universe. And I'm just thinking 12 months from now, they're like, this is going to be the culmination of a universe again. Or are they maybe, uh, I don't know. Do you think they're going to be able to follow this up? Or is this going to start to feel like those comic events? Like secret war comes right after civil war two that comes right after secret wars. that comes right after time runs out. You know, like, I don't know. Do you think this is going to be the big one or are we going to be able to hype up even more next year for Avengers four? I think infinity war is definitely the big one. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I mean, as soon as infinity war goes by, they're almost going to have to kick off the marketing almost instantly for Avengers four, you know, toy wise and, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll live up to the IW hype. You know, the hype is real for this, and it's tracking for crazy numbers, and it's probably going to... I think it's still going to surprise some people with what it does, especially after how good Black Panther's done. Um, but I don't think Avengers 4 is going to live up to the hype. I don't. It, to me, it just feels like Avengers 4 is going to be kind of a... I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It's going to be like a hangover type movie, not like a hangover movie, but it's going to be a hangover that, from Infinity. That's Feige's next attempt. To... You know, we've tried to do action thrillers. We tried to do rom coms. <laughs> next up, we're going to do a hang. Mike Tyson is on the phone. Avengers Four. It's going to be a Vegas <laughs> Vegas weekend movie. Yeah, but I just think it's going to be cleaning up a lot of the pieces Infinity War caused. Um, So I don't think it's going to be near as big. Unless the titles Avengers Fantastic Four or Avengers, hey, look, it's Wolverine or something like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's why I think it has to be more than about people dying. I think... um, I think what'll build excitement for the next movie. I mean, yes, if like Captain America dies and the title of Cap- Avengers four is, you know, funeral for a hero. I think uh, funeral for a hero slash war criminal. I think, um, they still, 
people people will show up more if there's introduction of new characters that people can get excited about seeing. I don't think you'll get a million people, or, you know, I don't think you'll get billions of dollars for Captain America's funeral, which maybe you will. And I'm just throwing that out. That's not a spoiler. That's not like that I, that I think Captain, <laughs> you know, if it's Iron Man's funeral or, you know, uh, well, I mean. Wong's funeral. Wong's funeral. <laughs> funeral for Wong. The, the Wong kiss goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's it needs. I think people will show up for for building up something new in the next one. They're showing up for this one because it's the culmination of the universe. I hope the next one is the the creation of a new universe. I think it's, I'm interested for the casual, you know, like we've talked about how detached we are from non-comic book fans. And we're detached from non-people that pay as much attention as we do, much less, you know, like people that don't know much about this. I just think it's going to be a marketing challenge that you spent the last six months going, this is the one that ends it all. And they're like, oh, okay. And then it ends on a cliffhanger and they're like, wait a second, you told me this was the one that ended it all. I'm confused, you know, like... And it would seem like how you market the next one compared to this one is going to be interesting. I think the idea of like launching something new is good, but it's going to be hard because we think all the characters are still going to be around for four in some way or the other. I mean, I don't know. I think it's I'll be interested to see how Disney tries to do this so that it doesn't create some confusion with folks. All right. Uh, other news. Uh, so Venom is con- uh, there was another rumor that we are going to definitely get Woody Harrelson to play Carnage. Uh, we talked about this a little before. Adam, is Woody Harrelson enough to make you really want to see Venom? Or That is about the only thing that would want me to see the movie. After reading that plot description, yeah, Woody as Carnage would be the only thing that makes me want to see it in the movie theater. Was there much... I always ask more and more. I might as well read it at some point. Was there much Carnage stuff in the... The plot description you saw? There wasn't Carnage stuff as much as Symbiote stuff. There's plenty... Well, I shouldn't say there's plenty of Symbiote stuff. Not the right Symbiote. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, there's definitely room for Carnage and maybe a few more. Another bit of news that I almost don't want to talk about because it feels really not legit. Um, some of the sort of... I'm sorry if I'm patronizing you, someone that's listening. Some of the sort of smaller MCU blog people have suggested that they have sources that say The Eternals is going to be a MCU franchise that's being made for film. Um, That would seem like a very interesting choice. Adam, uh, I know you have some thoughts on this. Um any thoughts? I don't even know who these characters are. So do you have any thoughts on this idea? The Eternals will get something. It's so it's, it's technically Thanos is an Eternal. So it's like Thanos and Thanos's dad and Thanos's brother. And it's probably most comparable to DC's new gods, which DC just announced with Ava du- Duvernay. Du- Duvernay, Ava. Um, so if they were to do an Eternals movie, it would literally be coming out right around New Gods is. And that's, I mean, I'm trying to compare to, I mean, they're pretty much two identical properties, but different publishers. So, I mean, I think 
this is mostly coming from, well, Thanos isn't eternal, so they're going to kind of get into his mythos. But without Thanos, it probably, I mean, it might work. There's a lot more to it. Um, but I, I just think it's people jumping to conclusions based upon Thanos. Um, I'm trying to come up with another. Yeah, like, uh, is it Deathpool and Deadshot okay. that, like, are essentially the same character that came out at the same time? Maybe not Deadshot. Maybe it's uh, Deathstrike. I don't know. There's a there's a DC character. Oh, or you're, you said, yeah, Deadpool. So Deadpool is a complete mockery of Deathstroke is what it is. And they came out kind of. I mean, they came out almost right after each other. So it's it's kind of like that. I mean, Deathstroke's not a fourth wall breaking wise ass, but yeah. They're, they're or if Marvel was racing properties. to get Namor out the same month the Aquaman came out, you know, something like that. That's that. Yeah, that's perfect. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, I had heard that Feige actually passed on Eternals, so TV snatched it up, but that makes zero sense whatsoever. But then again, TV got in humans, so it could be possible. But it would be a very bad TV property. The part of the story that really ticked me off was there was sort of a, a sort of a, um, an illusion to kind of like this is taking the place of Inhumans on the schedule. And I was just like, oh, why are <laughs> like we were supposed to get a Inhumans movie this November originally yeah. planned? So, oh. My sorrow will never end on that. But this does seem, I don't know. Guardians was great, and I had never heard of Guardians before. But with as much as I know about comics, and I'm not, a, you know, I'm not the biggest Marvel guy in the world, but I, I know comics fairly well. I don't know the Eternals. You know, this is, this is a pretty, pretty deep cut. I would be surprised if they're doing this before other stuff. But It's into Marvel's MO, you know. Let's just go with the properties no one knows instead of, two X-Men trilogies and a Fantastic Four trilogy, which they'll probably end up doing. But, I mean, it's something they've never, ever touched before, so it'd be completely fresh, and it's cosmic-based, which is apparently where they're heading. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's just uh, somebody's wish list, and they kind of put it out there as a rumor because it kind of sort of makes sense. Does this uh, move the needle on your attention meter at all, Rhiannon? The uh, Eternals? No. No, I don't know anything about them. Um, and it's one of those things that, like, the rumor came out, and then the rumor, you know, the, the were, you know, the word on the street confirming or denying the rumor just, like, didn't provide anything to make it seem more certain. So I haven't had enough confirmation to look into the Eternals to know more about them. You're going to need a more official green light before you're going to bother reading yeah. any comics. Is that what you're yeah. saying? <laughs> yeah. Or, or Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. What I thought was really, I tried to research a little bit when I saw it and it's hard to even get like, you know, usually you look up some kind of team or property on like Wikipedia and there's a list of like the characters that are in it. But I can't even hardly get that. Like, I know a little bit of Star Fox and Thanos and his father and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, this would just be this would be deep cut in a lot of really interesting ways. 
All right. Uh, one last bit of news real quick. Uh, we have more pictures from Luke Cage season two and they've got Danny Rand in it. That's exciting. Yay. You guys have any thoughts on those photos before we move on? I totally feel like I've seen those photos before, but yeah. Yay. Makes me wish for Heroes for Hire instead of Solo series, but I'll make do. Uh, let me close out the news, but just uh, it's kind of a sad thing. We don't have um, really, I mean, there's not much to talk about. Uh, one of the um, individuals in the Air Force that had helped out with the Captain Marvel movie apparently died in a plane crash last week. Uh, F-15 thing, some kind of, I don't know, they were doing some kind of test mission or working on some airplanes and... There was an accident and they passed away and the Captain Marvel cast has been kind of tweeting about it and stuff. So that is very sad. Condolences to those folks and the families uh, involved. I'm sure it's tough on uh, tough on the people making the movie for something like that to happen. So, All right, let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we had another episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, we had some more uh, info about... Hydra and these plans uh, for this chamber and all this kind of stuff. Adam, Rhiannon, what did you guys think of this episode? I feel pretty meh about it. Like, there was a lot of stuff, but I think, Adam, you were pretty excited about it, weren't you? Uh, They're starting to kind of tie in. It's funny because we always give them crap for opening up all sorts of subplots and that eventually we say turn into plot holes and some of those are kind of resolving. Um, I knew with, with Creel involved and they're after Halen or people are after Gravitonium and stuff, are we actually going to finally see Graviton and proper? But now it... I don't know. So the gravitonium appears to absorb people. Now it's just not one dude that's like, I don't know. I don't know. Technically, we haven't seen graviton, but there are. There's more than one person in the gravitonium now with the end tag type yeah. thing, right? Because the person from season one or season two, whenever that was, is still in it. Yeah. And that's who Creel was having visions of, or something. Um, well, but Creel at some point said he was having visions from more than one person, like mm. that there was more than one in there. So then that explains the that was Ian Quinn, right at the end. Was that Quinn? Yeah, I think I couldn't so. even remember who it was. It looked familiar, and then Raina comes out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm just they're doing something with it, which is amazing because it's been around in the. Agents of Shield mythos for four seasons now, so I I'm I'm getting more and more confused every episode that goes by why they were were required to go to the future. I'm still. I I, I mean I I think they had to go to the future. I think they're tying in the future. I mean it's I think they're doing a jo- good job this season of. They're doing a lot of small plots that are working on one giant arc, like that they bounced to the future and they found out that Earth was destroyed. And now they're having to go back and 
you know, keep that from happening, but it's tying in all these pieces. So I think they're doing a good job of moving the show along, but having a nice overarching arc. So I think that's basically, they had to go to the future in the beginning so that they had something to work towards when they came back to Earth. And knowing all these little pieces and putting the puzzle together is, is, it's working this season. I mean, I still, you know, don't want to think about the future too much, but it's working for me. But why, why didn't Enoch just like show them pictures or a video or something from the future instead of making them all go to the future? (laughs) Is that like a... Was it like a motivational moment no. type thing? Was it like a self-help seminar? Or? No, but like Enoch had to, it, there was, he had this weird like no interference thing. But yeah, I guess Enoch could have just been, but Robin never showed him that the world was destroyed, did she? Robin just showed him that he had to do that to save the world. He didn't show them that the world was destroyed. I mean, let's. Can we talk about how good Shield's technology is at the moment? That it took a drawing of literally one mountain and a bunch of trees. Okay, three mountains and a bunch of trees, and it pinpointed the location. <laughs> That's like the. It reminded me of like the CSI enhanced feature where they can take like footage film from a potato and make it like 1080p or 4K. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and there's only three mountains in the world that have that exact shape and <laughs> and the I'm shape speaking. was perfectly done by an eight-year-old or whatever so hey that eight-year-old has some good drawing skills she gets the important stuff right it's all that matters yeah i couldn't tell if it was talbot or creel or a zombie i mean i guess it's talbot now but like when i first saw it, i was like well, i have no idea who he's stuck with so well i i, I figured that out because the mustache but the other person i have no idea how they knew that was colson like they're like oh that's talbot and colson i'm like what have you guys talked about the tag scene yet with reyna a little bit so the gravitonium keeps swallowing people up it has the doctor and now it has ian quinn in it Apparently, it feels like we're gonna get more symbiote in this, in this TV show than we're gonna get in the Venom movie. You know, like, yeah, because it does have a very like Venom symbiote kind of feel to it to me right now. So, I find that very interesting. I was just impressed that they got Ruth Nega to sign up to do more of this. You know, like she's kind of had a, her career take off a bit since. She was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so it was interesting to me to see her back. Well, and she was one person that we had, when we were uh, speculating on who was going to be on the lighthouse, you know, back when they said somebody was going to show, or, you know, the, the person telling Cassius what was going to happen. And and she was when we were like, maybe Reno will come back. Reno will never come back. And so I was pretty excited to see her. So... Again, forgive me. Have you talked about the uh, the inconsistency of Simmons' plan? That Simmons is totally confident they can change the future, but yet also totally confident she can't die? She's swallowing potentially poison because the future will not be changed and I will survive. Now let's go on our mission to change the future. And I'm like, you know, at least Fitz is like, no, this isn't going to work. 
we're all going to die. The planet's going to be ripped apart because scientifically I know that you can't change a time loop. Like he's consistent on it, but like I said this last week, like this logic from Yo-Yo and Simmons of we're invincible because we know what the future is, but the future is changeable just strikes me as very much beneath Simmons intelligence, right? Like she should be able to figure out that she can't have that both ways. I love how, uh, I love how Mac won that argument with like that one sentence or whatever. How do you know? Like what Yo-Yo say? She's like, I made it to the future. I can't die or whatever. And Mac says something about you probably made it to the future. Cause I stopped you from going off on this mission or whatever. Right. I'm paraphrasing Mac said it in much, much better way, but Essentially, yeah, you didn't die because of me. You're not invincible. Well, and also, she does die. I mean, the way I caught future Yo-Yo is that she died, and the Kree just kept bringing her back to life. So, she does die. It's not that she survives to the future. It's that the Kree torture her. Yeah, I think, though, doesn't... Don't we get a hint somewhere that Cassius knew her before her first death? on the on the lighthouse possibly this episode did i was thinking about you the whole time rhiannon because i was like rhiannon always hates how there's so much junk that you have to remember on this show that's impossible to remember and i'll admit i watched that last scene with reyna and quinn and i was like oh look that's how Bakshi dies or maybe that other guy there was like four characters (laughs) in season one that are all the same guy in my mind like dark hair slightly foreign accent annoying and so I literally I mean I I had to go through a like circumlocutious like Wikipedia search to like look up Reyna and find a wiki article that had updated Reyna to say who she was with when he died and then follow his link to have any hope of remembering who Ian Quinn is. Um, because I, I don't, I mean, now that I know he's the one that shot Daisy, I remember Daisy getting shot. I don't remember how Daisy got healed, but I do remember Daisy getting shot in the stomach, but it should be like, yes, they're finally calling back to this. And I'm like, I don't remember who these characters are. I'm not watching season one again, you know, like, I don't know. It's funny because I have a friend that just started watching season one this week and really into it, really loving it. And she's like texting about these things. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like none. Like I remember that there was a big civil war tie in and, you know, shield falls, but yeah. And that she probably doesn't think the ward is a bad guy yet, but, um, yeah, there was a lot that I... Uh, yeah, in that last little tag scene, I remembered Reyna. I didn't entirely remember, like, Reyna's affiliation and everything either. I just knew that she hadn't turned into an inhuman at that point because she still looked normal. Um, but... I've just gotten used to... I mean, if it keeps being episode after episode of stuff tying in and them not reminding me what it is... I will get frustrated, yes. I also want to quickly shout out whoever has edited the Ian Quinn wiki article that has changed <laughs> Grant Ward's name to Grant Beardy <laughs> McTraderson. 
Uh, I enjoyed that very much. I was reading this article. I'm like, I do not remember an Agent McTrader. Wait a minute. And then I realized <laughs> you click his name and it goes to the Grant Ward article. <laughs> so uh, full credit to whoever is doing that. Uh, it's time to talk about Legion. So the first season, uh, first season, first episode of Legion season two came out this week. I think we've been kind of excited. We never talked about it last year because it was, uh, we were only MCU stuff then. Uh, now we have a new season of it. Um, this is going to be such a hard show to talk about. Like, um, let me put, let, let me start with this. Um, did it meet your expectations? Like, do you feel like it came back with a bang kind of, you know, did for you what you wanted it to do? Or did you find yourself not liking the new stuff? Just, I don't know. How did, how did it meet your expectation as a show? I mean, I was worried going into it because season one of Legion was amazing. And it made, you know, it was one of those that's just like, it makes no sense, but it makes perfect sense. And here, you know, and and in the end it felt satisfying. So it's again, it's like, I I use this all the time with Deadpool, but it it was like lightning in a bottle, you know, and um I had a little more faith that Noah Hawley could do it again. And he, it, it looks like he has. Um, and this episode felt just like season one. You know, I felt comfortable just being like, okay, whatever is happening is happening. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't need to make sense. Hopefully it'll all work out in the end. Man. It, it, just, it kind of felt like a fever dream of sorts you know I, I kept watching it and they're I don't it's an I mean it's beautifully shot I love the uh, I don't know if you can is it a score the I mean TVs have scores right is it a score or soundtrack I it's the the music kind of like the dance off towards the end and there was another moment I think after that where I, I really enjoyed the music um, this is one of the shows, uh, especially after just watching this episode, it would be much better consumed as, as a Netflix binge watch. You know, I would rather, you know, Jessica Jones and Legion flip spots because Jessica Jones is much easier to watch once a week and it's more serialized. Whereas Legion, you kind of got to watch it all the way through for it to make sense. I mean, I know for sure I'm going to probably have to rewatch it again before next week's episode, or at least kind of bits and pieces of it. Um, and that leads into, like, I, you know, I was mentioning to you guys, I think a weekly deep dive into Legion is dangerous. I think it could leave us overanalyzing some things that you should just sort of let play out. Um, so do we want to do a weekly deep dive? So... Um, I'm thinking, I think it would be good if we had like two or three questions that we asked every week, but they're not analytical. They're not like plot, you know, like what one visual did you really like this week? You know, and what was the most surprising thing? You know, like questions like that. Cause I think we try to figure out where the plot's going. Who knows? You know, like, and I mean, it could lead to a lot of interesting 
conspiracy theories, but it could also lead to a lot of wasted time. But I, I agree with you. I think it's possible you might not like the show as much if you think about it too awful much. One thing I really enjoyed, I, I love, I love how setting the setting of the show is so thick and real and like they have a filled out world and yet it is so not specific about where they are and when they are like the first season I always assumed they were kind of in Canada or the USA but then some of the cars in this one had like European license plates but then it seems like they're in Japan and then the the district three headquarters were like there were those big balloons that were like hulk hands with pointy fingers did you notice that just like floating in the sky of the city like at every point they they really do not want to tell us when this is where this is like it is a totally make-believe world and i just i love it but it doesn't feel like a fake or thin world either it just feels like uh, you don't need to know that information. It's all it's all aesthetic based, you know. My only problem with it has been in season one, um, David's sister at some point talked about her cell phone, and before she brought up a cell phone, you could have believed that it was in any time period, you know, that it was in the seventies or eighties or whatever, and it just sort of took me out of the fantasy realm that yeah where it could be anywhere or anytime so but I do I have loved that about it even Carrie's devices like it really seems like nonsense but he has all those eighth inch like (laughs) audio jacks that he's just plugging and unplugging and you're like what is that like that's it's so like retro but it's interesting you know like at the risk of at the risk of going into places we probably shouldn't, um, I did like feel like we had a bit of a plot, and it's I love that it's a relatively simple plot that there's kind of a race to get to Shadow King's body, um, and so I I thought that was smart and clever. Like it was pretty obvious season one. The whole question was you know who is who is Legion. This season is kind of like where you know where are we going to find his body. I feel like they're giving us um, enough plot that it's not totally disorienting, right? That that's that there's a big picture that it's pretty obvious that that's the driving force. Even if we're going to go off the rails into jackal-headed, you know, handicap people on stilts or whatever, like <laughs> there, there's still this overall direction towards finding Farouk's body and whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. And there's also like the hidden little sub question of, can we trust David? Is, is he, you know, is he a good guy or bad guy? Which I like, you know, in the first season it was, is he insane? Now it's kind of, is he still infected? Do you have guesses? Like, I really thought he was good. And then there was that little like black goopy symbiote thing, like crawling towards his bed in his dream. I was like, oh man. Yeah, I think he's infected. Not in a teeth-chattering kind of way. Do, do you think it's possible... Are we going to get, like, a third party? Do you think there's any point we'll get, like, a Shadow King 
David team up to stop like a third more evil thing that has entered into the world? Do we think Shadow King is still the big bad for this season? That's a very good question. How long? The season's only eight episodes or something like that, eight or ten episodes. So I don't think, especially with everything that goes on, I don't think. I won't be surprised if Shadow King's still the big bad throughout the season. Um, but I mean, you always get into this bonding type stuff, and it's always, almost, almost always something of a team up at some point. You know, it's the motivational. Let's put our stuff aside and let's kill this other bad bad guy before we kill each other. So I wouldn't be surprised. That's a good point. I have no idea who a, a big bad would even be, but well, and there's also he gets that message from the future to help, like to help. It seems to be suggesting to help Shadow King find his body, right? And that almost feels like something bigger came up down the road, and we actually need Shadow King to be strong enough to help us fight it. You know? Yes, that whole scene reminded. Remember Disney Channel, where they would draw the Disney ears. <laughs> the, I almost called them monkey ears. You know what I'm talking about. Hi guys, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, it's so like the Disney. I'm like, yeah. No, I said I wasn't trying to look into that too much because I was still trying to understand the first 45 minutes. Was it ironic at all to you guys that we have a very similar plot in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Legion at the same point? Like, it appears that in both shows, the good guys in the future create a way to pull the hero out of time or send them a message in the hope of preventing something from happening. I watched them back to back yesterday, and so I was like, Oh, we have time travel in both of these. And it's there's such different shows. But I thought it was... I feel like the time travel stuff works a little better on Legion because it's so Legion-y. That, whereas on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm like, this better start making sense. <laughs> on Legion, I'm like, it's never going to make sense. And that's okay. <laughs> I don't think the re- redundancy doesn't bother me as much. Um, mostly because I watched almost all the superhero shows and on the Arrowverse they're pretty much doing the Infinity Gauntlet storyline right now um, which is very redundant but uh, I don't think it bothers me that much I think if our listeners want or have any input on what our rapid fire questions should be for future weeks yes that'd be good I will say the only uh, part that I think I probably understood 100% was the whole delusion part but i'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing i understood that part (laughs) (laughs) i understood the dance off once i read the explanation from noah hawley oh what did he say that'd be interesting i I didn't see that he i mean he said that i I don't remember and it wasn't like an explanation but it was just that it was a dance competition that it was david versus oliver and then they both just got owned when Farouk came in as Lenny. So, it what? But it was you know instead of doing like your typical like superhero battle, it, he just wanted to dance off. Yeah, my my thing with this show is that it's just it's all patience, because I feel like last season they did a great job of confusing you all the time. And then slowly they kind of cleared things up. And then there was the big exposition episode with like him and all the blackboards like in the classroom. And he like just 
described everything that was going on and why it was working. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And you just, you just have to wait, you know, like most of these things eventually clear themselves up. You just, you just, you know, you just have to wait until they do. And they're purposefully, I don't know, once you get used to the fact you're being purposely confused, you're all good to go. (laughs) So. All right. Well, I am excited for it to be back. And I think, um, we will continue. Like I said, give us suggestions. We will just do like five minutes of random things each week on this. And then maybe we'll wrap it up at the end on how we felt about it. All right. Um, quick bit of mailbag stuff. Not a whole lot here. Uh, from the website, Dave, um, was talking about chameleon in homecoming two. And if chameleon was in it, would maybe he be a half scroll? That would be really interesting. I had not considered that, but, uh, that could be interesting way for them to go. Uh, love waffle, um, was saying, um, that, uh, it's important to note that part of the reason dark Phoenix may have been moved back is because it fits it in that black Panther, um, blockbuster February weekend. And so that that might be part uh, of what they're doing. And I think that's probably true. Uh, over on SoundCloud, Chris had left us a few comments. Um, uh, he just generally enjoyed agents of shield. It looks like, and said he'd love a tie in with the finale of Inhumans, but doesn't think that'll probably happen. So, uh, I think that's all the major news. I may miss or mailbag. I may have missed a thing or two, but uh, I don't think so. All right. Uh, so we have two more. Do you get? It's only three weeks until Infinity War review. Like three weeks from now, we will have seen Infinity War. Um, my guess is, unless something major happens, we will probably focus on Infinity War or kind of looking back. Maybe do some introspect re- introspective retrospective thoughts on the MCU leading up to here and kind of get ourselves all hyped up for infinity war. We'll see what happens. So that means it's time for me to say the stuff that I always say at the end. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You guys can interact with us all kinds of ways. If you want to send us a message on Twitter at Marvel news desk, that would be great. Um, you can also communicate with us via SoundCloud or Marvel news posts each week. Uh, if you want to support the show, please give us a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. You'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode, as well as uh, early access to videos uh, on the Patreon channel, including a video that I think we need to take public here uh, pretty soon. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com or subscribe to us on our YouTube channel at www.watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Uh, you can also help others see the show if and make it more visible on iTunes if you leave us a five-star review. But the most important thing you do is you listen and tell your friends. And so we appreciate that, and please keep doing it. We want to thank Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram, at Tim V. Cox. And also thanks to Alvin for our theme music. You can find his music on a variety of social media platforms at The Skull School. I think that does it for this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.